0: Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get
1: ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
2: Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only. And do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself.
3: Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments that you can do at home, and a lot more. On this edition of the show, I interviewed the amazing Creskin. I have been a fan of late-night television my entire life, and the amazing Creskin, the most famous mentalist of modern times was on the tonight show mainly with johnny carson 88 times his most famous stunt is having someone hide his paycheck somewhere within the audience and if he can't find it he doesn't get paid and he's he's done this thousands of times but he has not found it every time uh, around a dozen times Uh, in fact One time, he said that uh, he lost $22,000 because of this. Well, he is now 86 years old and still performing. But here's something you might not know. He was apparently banned from Coast to Coast AM. Here is what the almighty Wikipedia has to say about that. In 2002, Kreskin made a prediction that there would be a mass UFO sighting over Las Vegas on June 6th, between the hours of 9 45 PM and midnight, that would be witnessed by thousands of people. He also stated that if there were no sighting, he would donate $50,000 to a charity. Well, hundreds of people camped out that evening yet no sighting occurred on June 8th. Kreskin appeared in the opening segment of the coast to coast AM radio show hosted by art bell to explain what had happened. Bell read Kreskin's press release over the air to the effect that quote, the sighting prediction was a total fabrication in order to prove people's susceptibility to suggestion post nine 11 in quote. Now Kreskin claimed that he was concerned, and I'm still reading from Wikipedia here, okay? These are not my words. Kreskin claimed he was concerned that a terrorist with the skills of a mentalist such as himself could pull a similar stunt involving something much worse. And he stated that the uh, prediction, the citing there, was only an experiment. And when asked about the $50,000 donation he had previously promoted, Creskin uh, claimed there was indeed a sighting that night since he said glowing green orbs were supposedly spotted in the sky just before midnight and reported by witnesses after news camera crews had already left the scene wikipedia continues to say because of this one reported sighting Creskin said his prediction came true anyway and therefore he did not have to pay the money he previously announced this statement offended Art Bell, who opined that this was merely a publicity stunt on Creskin's part and officially banned Creskin from his show. The Wikipedia article goes on to say. As far back as January of 1973, a magazine carried an interview with Kreskin in which he alluded to the possibility of this stunt and to the dangers of the madness of crowds in general. And uh, there's an excerpt here. It says Kreskin is aware of both the benefits and dangers of hypnotism and claims that given an audience of 200 people, quote, I'll have them seeing flying saucers. Take the same crowd to Times Square on a hot evening, and you can have them screaming fire End quote. So that's just some of the controversy here surrounding the amazing Creskin. Well, look, when this whole incident happened in Las Vegas, well, that was around 20 years ago, and I have never talked to Creskin. So I figured it was time for me to get his side of the story. Plus, I recently watched a movie, kind of a dark comedy, produced by Tom Hanks back in 2008 and starring John Malkovich that was inspired by the amazing Kreskin. It's called The Great Buck Howard, and uh, it was kind of hard to find, actually, but Lauren and I enjoyed watching it. And I will tell you that interviewing the amazing Kreskin, and this was over the telephone, uh, it was kind of tricky. He definitely knows the Jedi mind trick, so often I would ask a question, and he would sort of answer it in a roundabout way. So editing this was a bit of a chore, and if it sounds somewhat choppy, well, you know why. But look, listen, we had a warm, friendly conversation uh, he is a true legend, and I think you will be surprised by some of the things that he had to say. He was born in New Jersey in 1935, and here is my first conversation ever with one of history's most successful entertainers, a man famous for his mental stunts and stage hypnotism the amazing creskin his website is amazingcreskin.com that is k r e s k i n.com the legendary amazing creskin welcome sir to the show
0: Josh, I have to tell you, and this is the first time we have spoken, the listeners should really know this, Uh, I'm very excited that you have a program of this nature and that you have an enthusiasm about the program. The program is live. By the way, folks. In the best of taste, uh, I promise you I will dare not read uh, Joshua's thoughts on the air. I'm only joking, <laughs> Joshua. That's the, uh, that's the other thing, Joshua. You know, we're afraid today because uh, I, I, I travel a great deal. I have flown. Uh, so far, it was announced, by the way, before the pandemic, so it's two years ago when the industry announced it, but they have figured out that I have flown in my career a little over three and one half million miles. Oh my
3: goodness, that's unbelievable.
0: I am- I'm told by pilots uh, that uh, many of them have never flown that many miles, and but and the and the incidents that I and the experiences I've had. I mean, you know, it's been five and a half years, off and on in Saudi Arabia and and in China and 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 in Russia, and but my, I have a great love for this country, and I'll tell you that. And I I can I can tell when you chuckle because you have an enthusiastic laugh about a laugh about you. Uh, we are losing. And I'm very concerned about this, and you know this, and you've, you've sensed it and probably even conversed about it. We're losing our sense of humor yeah. in the United States today, yeah. and we better not listen to me, folks, because I have traveled the world. And when I was a little kid, and I'm, uh, I am, uh, now, uh, 86 years old, and my career, uh, I, I, it goes on and on and on. If, if you know my schedule, you'd say this is almost incredible. But when I was a kid,
4: the Second World
0: War, Bob Hope was on the radio and on the air joking about everything I would see in the news, in the, in the newsreels, in the, in the theaters. Uh, uh, President Roosevelt, uh, sometimes you didn't always hear him, but you could see him slapping his leg laughing because Hope was mocking everything in sight. If we cannot laugh at ourselves, we have lost one of the most powerful weapons to keep our country going, and it's a very important factor.
3: But but here's the most boring question I'm going to ask you. Okay. Why are you called Kreskin? Okay. I'm going to pause the interview right there. And uh, we have to take a break when we come back. Of course, uh, well, he's going to address uh, some of these big questions. You know, what, what happened when art bell supposedly banned you from coast to coast AM and what do you really think about UFOs and all, all that kind of stuff? Um, and I also want to point out that this particular show is my 60th Strange Things. And <laughs> that's, that's a lot of shows to produce. Um, I initially signed on to do 52 of these things. And so I, I just signed up to do more of them. And, uh, I, I really wanted my 60th show to be, uh, I don't know, a, a little more significant, I, I suppose. And I don't interview a lot of people. Uh, one of the reasons I don't interview people a lot is because when you do that, you kind of hand over the mood of your show to another person and you're not sure how it's going to turn out. But also it's actually a lot of, of a lot of extra work. Um, uh, because I'm a one man band. Okay. I, I do this whole show myself. I composed all but one piece of the bumper music. So when I interview somebody I have to you know talk to the person and then edit everything and uh and and then you know put it all together. It's very time consuming and I think I might have to take a break pretty soon. I think I I'm, I cuz I haven't missed a week in 60 shows. I'm going to have to talk to Tom Danheiser and maybe I need a little vacation. But I just want you to know that I can't talk about everything on the show. There's not enough time. That is why, if you want to really know what I'm up to and you want to be involved with my projects, you have to go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P when you type that in and put your e-mail address into the e-newsletter subscription bank. It's free. These are e-newsletters that I write with my own fingers. As soon as you do that... You're going to receive an an automated email from me with links to all kinds of really cool, free, interesting stuff to make your life much more magical. And I'll be able to keep you informed of what I'm up to, regardless of what it is. I have enterprises all over the world. Uh, I just signed a contract to also work on some really cool TV stuff that I wasn't expecting but I was like this is too good I can't turn this down <laughs> joshua p warren.com that's my name you're listening to strange things on the iheart radio and coast to coast AM paranormal podcast network and I will be right back Keep it here
5: on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. The Wizard
6: of Weird will be right back. With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Lumines for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Lumines today with our postage-paid starter kit. For only 19 dollars available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminous. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments
2: And now back to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network and Strange Things.
3: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And now let's get back to my interview the first one ever, with the amazing Creskin. But, but here's the most boring question I'm going to ask you. Okay, why are you called Creskin?
0: <laughs> I got to tell you the story behind it because a lot of people don't know this. I um, I knew what I wanted to do when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And people are fascinated because there's now four different groups that want to do a movie based on my work or different areas of my work. When I say on my work or different areas of my work, uh, aside from my entertainment, which is, of course, the passion of my life, I have been involved in over 350 crime cases in the Western world, working with law enforcement to help solve crimes. And those very few of those stories are known. They say, my God, Christian, we could build a, a movie just around the Experiences when I was nearly murdered in a in a, in a crime case and brought in on on, on on and 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 I never sought to do this to gain publicity because I I had my my following through the entertainment world and so forth. But they say people would like to hear about this and understand what is going on. <laughs> like why you. why are
3: you call? Well, for one thing, you just blew my mind. I gotta tell you what. Okay, for for one thing, you just blew my mind because I had I, I figured you were gonna say, oh, I'm an entertainer. You're telling me you've been solving crimes. Yes,
0: yes, oh. yes, uh, uh, and 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 some 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 were uh, would would be recognized by people because they were major major incidents. I can tell you, let me tell you, uh, things that people don't know about me and find absolutely as they say, Creskin can't, and I'm starting I'm to do this. I'm, I'm trying to set aside every week or so an evening uh, per, uh, where I'm not performing or doing a performance which usually runs two hours, a little over two hours, but in which I'm meeting with a vast audience and they are asking me questions about my career because people said, Creskin, how did this unfold? Well, when I was five years old, I, I couldn't read, uh, but my my, my mother uh, uh, would read me comic books. I collected a lot of comic books. But, and I'm, I'm an avid reader. Now, Uh, when I'm home, I read four books a night. No, I don't speed read. I don't. I I read. I read through, but I I can I can grasp a paragraph in a a few seconds. I have over 8000 books. My my library's been filmed by the BBC in Canada. But at the same time, uh, she'd be reading comics. And there was a comic being read to me. That a few people will know about. Uh, it was popular in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And it was called Mandrake the Magician. Yeah and it was written by Lee Falk, and he was, uh, he was not a magician, he had hypnotic abilities, he had telepathic abilities, he fought crime and so forth. And while when we went out and played Cops and Robbers and what have you, I played instead of a, a policeman or whatever have you, I played Mandrake in, in this imaginary fantasy world and so forth, and uh, it became a passion in my life. I started doing this in, in school, I started doing experiments uh, on Fridays for about a half an hour, the teachers would set aside a half an hour in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and I would attempt to read the thoughts of my audience. I remember in one case, I said, Jane Hamilton, she was in the back of the room, it was in sixth grade, I said, you're thinking, I told you to think of a movie, but you're, you're thinking of a movie you saw a year ago. She said, well, oh, that's right. And I said, yeah, it was around Christmas time, and I gave her the name of the movie.
3: All right, so why are you called Kreskin?
0: Because... My original name was Kresge. I'm a Polish. I'm Polish. K R E S G E, but I didn't want to uh, have a name that uh, I didn't want to create any because there were department stores all over town in in New Jersey when I was a kid. The Kresge Department Store. So I wanted to create my own name. So I took the K R E S, dropped the G E. I of the letter K, he was a famous show business mystery worker in a century or two before, before I was ever born. So I added the K, and I added I-N.
3: Now, as I was saying earlier, I thought I was going to talk to you, and you would say, I'm an entertainer. And ESP may or may not exist, and all this. But you're telling me that you actually believe that ESP is real, and you have been using this for practical purposes. Is that correct?
0: I feel to a degree. I don't claim to be a psychic. I I, I respect people who who I feel that they're psychics, what have you. But I feel. That I have a natural gift I don't understand everything I do But that does not make it mysterious Or occult or what have you
3: So Okay so what, where is the line here Between an entertainer And actually being someone Who understands that ESP Exists and you said you've been Solving crimes for good lord's sake i mean help help us all understand that because that's going to be confusing for most people
0: yes it it could be the point of the matter is one of the one of the great secrets of my life is i've learned to listen and hear and tune into people to a tremendous depth uh uh uh, and, and i don't mean mystically that i'm using a crystal ball or what have you but if i talk to people I can, you, you, you can ask people who work for me and people in, in, in television, if I pick up a phone and someone has called in, I can tell you within 20 seconds, they're upset. There something's happening with the family or they're happy or they're uh, with in the sound of their voice, something gets to me and I can I can really zero in on how they're thinking and what they're thinking. I don't have the answers to everything. I don't mean it in that way. But that's part of the key to what I do.
3: We hear this term suggestion a lot. Yes. But but how yes, does, we do. But, but how does that term practically apply in the real world on a day to day basis? Yeah
0: power suggestion is a very formidable force it's being abused right now mm-hmm. by and, and some of the news broadcasts that have distorted the news and what have you mm-hmm. And I will tell you a story now, which I think has to be told, so that people can understand. We all know of a famous legend, and I knew him very well. We were we became very close, a legendary actor by the name of Orson Welles, oh, yes. a great actor who played the War of the World and the, did the radio thing, The War of the Worlds, what have you. And there was a famous story in the in the uh, late, early late eighteen nineteen thirties where panic hit the nation because. By his radio show, he created a panic of, of, of uh, outside forces coming into the world and what have you, UFOs and, and powers and what have you. And, and, and it was so dramatic that he, he became a legend in just that one show dealing with the war of the worlds. That's not the true story true story now folks hear this if you talk about this in college or in high school and in psychology classes know the full picture of this Orson Welles was a great actor a brilliant brilliant man he was a fan of mine and I, I always admired him but when the uh, when the, the Orson uh, Welles was going to do H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, you have to understand that there were many, many rumors of possibility uh, influences of outside uh, countries coming into this country. Uh, Inevitably, Japan, uh, uh, the Japanese attacks, and uh, and Germany attacked, and what have you, uh, and we had uh, had, uh, a breakout of war outside of the nation, but then it it, it covered the whole world. But this hadn't happened yet. Nothing had happened. There was no attack, nothing like that. But there were rumors, and the rumors were getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Then something happened. Orson Welles decided to do the War of the Worlds, where UFOs and other factors were coming into the country and and, and influencing our country. But he decided to do it in a different way. He decided to to do it like a news broadcast. So when the War of the Worlds went on, they introduced this as Orson Wells, the War of the Worlds, based on it, and you heard the story. But there was another problem. The biggest radio show at that time, at that hour, was Edgar Burke and Charlotte McCarthy, uh, a ventriloquist, a brilliant and must-be-loved man. And that night, the guest on the show was going to be an opera singer because he had a lot of people from the movies that came on his show. And a lot of the public... got turned off by the idea of an opera singer she was going to sing opera but she was appearing on the show and they got turned off and they turned the station and they moved to CBS where you now heard Orson Welles, not introducing a radio show, but already in the middle of a show, broadcasting it in New Jersey. There are landings taking place. There have hey, this is happening and this is happening. And the public heard this in the middle of the station with the this, with this setting already hinting that we could be attacked in some way. And believe it or not, that's what caused the panic, the combination of rumor, of, of uh, mis news being given out, and what have you. And it, 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 it changed our, our whole society at that point. I've written 22 books, and uh, a uh, and a movie The Great Buck Howard, in which John Malkovich plays me in the movie. It's not about. I was going to ask movie, you
3: about a- that. I, I, did, is that a source subject? Because that's not a very flattering no. portrayal. how How did that no, all happen? No, it's a character.
0: It's a character thing. He did an excellent job. He did an excellent job with it. It was a really, but it wasn't my my life story in any way, shape, or form. Now let me tell you. Let me tell you what is more exciting, and you are the first to hear this uh, nationally, but it's going to be talked about on uh, uh, scores and scores of shows. The uh, character, and, and, and I'm, not in the, I'm not in the movie, I'm a tree in the movie, but uh, the, the, the person's voice you're hearing who's playing the magic tree is the amazing Kreskin, except that it has just been announced it is coming to television and will be an animated series isn't that wild
2: <laughs> that's Jeez, fantastic
3: yeah. i'm so well thank you very much for announcing that here and uh boy yeah that's i can't wait and and you know i want to ask you this because uh, again you know i do work for coast to coast am at this point uh, uh, and yes, uh, i understand yeah and, and uh i i read Uh, that the the, the late, great Art Bell banned you from Coast to Coast AM. because I live in Las Vegas, you know, and I read on Wikipedia that he banned you in 2002 because of a prediction you made about a UFO in Las Vegas. What's the real story there? Time for a break. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Hang on,
1: Josh will be right back. Hey folks, we
5: need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to Coast to click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to Coast to to send us your recording. That's Coast to Coast AM.com.
7: At PurdueGlobal.edu.
0: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Now, back to my interview with the amazing Kreskin. Uh, I, I read... Uh, that the, the The late great Art Bell banned you from coast to coast a m because I live in Las Vegas, you know, and I read on Wikipedia that he banned you in two thousand and two because of a prediction you made about a UFO in las vegas what 's the real story there
0: the real story there yeah the real story there is, is is and and there the thousands of people that were there. I made a prediction. I made a prediction because I wanted to show how powerful uh, an idea can be, and I reiterated this on many, many shows, Carson and everybody else, you know, that there would be a sighting, and I, I, I named the night that it would take place in Las Vegas, California. Now, let's, let's, let's get to Art Bell because I, I think he may have regretted this later on. We won't go into this anyway. Anyway, so I, I made that prediction, and then the police came to me because I was going to be there in, in person and said, Crescan, we better do something about this. We're not getting hundreds of people. We're getting thousands of people. This, this, the, the desert's going to be crowded, and we're going to have to get, get secured. Do you mind if we have police? And I said, no, no, I, I'd, I'd like them to be there. So, let's put this together. There I was, and there were thousands of people in front of me. And I said, you know, it's getting close to that time. It's nighttime and so forth. I said, look. And I put it upward, and hundreds of people, not thousands, because they didn't all respond, but hundreds of people started pointing out UFOs in the sky. One lady was crying. She says, oh, my God, it looks like it's going to land. And what I demonstrated was what the power of suggestion can do. And when it was all, at the end of the t- t- 10, 20 minutes, I erased the image so that they would not be confused on what they had experienced or seen. But there were no UFOs there. So Mr. Bell uh, decides... To uh, uh, to uh, announce well, the, I betrayed the integrity. Now I happen to believe in in UFOs. I I've I've, I've flown with some of the mo- most uh, responsible people I've ever known, and that's Arthur Godfrey's one of them who said he he had found a UFO that he thought was flying right next to his plane and what have you. So so the it was gone and what have you, and I went back to the hotel. I was changing my clothes. And then started getting called by some of the press that was still there. Yes, yes, and I'm very proud to say this. Throughout Vegas, that night, an hour and a half later, were UFO sightings seen. And they were not by suggestion. They were seen by pilots and what have you. So I had a prediction that came true, but also had a lesson to it. It would be idiotic and slightly limited if we thought that we were the only intelligence in the universe. God forbid that be the case.
3: I think that is all I'm going to play for you. We talked for about an hour, uh, but those are the most significant highlights. Again, his website is k r e s k i n K-R-E-S-K-I-N.com. And so what do you think? What do you think about the conflict that he apparently had uh, around 20 years ago with Art Bell? You know, as a host on the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, you should not be surprised for me to explain that Art Bell made a big impact on my life. and uh, Because Art Bell created Coast to Coast AM. And George Norrie has also had a big impact on my life. And one thing I will tell you about being interviewed by Art Bell, because he started interviewing me many, many years ago when I was quite a young man. And I knew him for years. And as you probably realize, in my living room, I have got Art Bell's wooden alien statue standing there. And it's one of my most prized possessions. When Art Bell was interviewing you, uh, there was no doubt that he was in absolute control of the conversation. He had these very strict guidelines about how he wanted that show to be presented. And I can understand why that it would be easy uh, it, it, or at that time. Uh, it, it would have been easy to tick him off. Uh, in fact, I got into a debate with Art Bell one time about EVP, electronic voice phenomena. Uh, I actually was more doubtful about the legitimacy of much of it than Art Bell. So, you know, now that you you've heard what I read you about the, the conflict and you've heard what Kreskin had to say. You can just sort of make up your own mind, I guess, as as to how you feel about that. But nonetheless, as I said, Kreskin was very friendly to me. Uh We had, as you can tell, a really interesting uh, conversation. And one thing that, <laughs> it's kind of outstanding. You know, I, I was born and raised in Asheville, North Carolina, and I have tours there, the haunted Asheville ghost tours, which are very popular. I also have tours out here in the Las Vegas area, the haunted Boulder city tours. And for over 10 years, I had a museum in Asheville called the Asheville mystery museum. And my wife, Lauren bought me one of the coolest things I think I think anybody's ever given me she bought me the amazing Creskin ESP kit which I think was created in the 1960s he Creskin teamed up with Milton Bradley and the problem is I I just I love the artwork and I loved everything about it but the reason I don't have a museum anymore is that it was in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple and it would regularly get flooded down there because it sits at the bottom of a hill and it's a really old building. And so uh, the Creskin ESP kit, uh, it ended up being severely damaged by by water. So I don't know if. It might have gotten trashed. I'm afraid to, I'm sorry to say, but, um, most of the cool stuff that I had in my museum, uh, was transferred and is in storage. And someday, hopefully, it will, it will be on display again. But I don't remember exactly what was in the Cresken ESP kit. I believe that it had a pendulum and some cards. And, you know, it was just, uh, It was the kind of product that reminded you of a Ouija board. And he said that Milton Bradley sold over one million of those things and even honored him by giving him like this fine wooden version of the game, which he has at his house, which I'm trying to get him to sell me. (laughs) Like, I don't have enough stuff already. People are always contacting me, you know, and they're asking me if I want to buy crazy things. And I say, my house is packed. I have uh, at least two storage units on on the West Coast that are packed, at least two or three on the East Coast that are packed. (laughs) It's like... (sighs) And that's what you see when you have a museum, you, you you get to be a professional hoarder, I guess. So um eventually, again, when the time is right, all that will be on display and we'll see how the world unfolds in the near future. But, you know, when when Kreskin was talking about believing in UFOs, uh, I was actually talking to him the day that this story came out. And I'm going to try to at least start talking about this before we hit our next break. This is actually a coast-to-coast AM story that was posted by Tim Banal. And the headline is China's Lunar Rover to Investigate Mystery Hut Spotted on the Far Side of the Moon. And it's interesting talking to Kreskin. Thinking about, uh, what he was saying about war of the worlds and, and people freaking out and, and his own belief in the power of suggestion and how people would react to this sort of thing. And of course, you know, I, I want to thank him very much for being on this show. And I thought it was really interesting that this news story came out and it sort of coincided with some of the things that we were talking about. Um, Gosh, let's see. Okay, I'm gonna I'll I'll start reading this. China's U two and that's spelled Y U T U. China's U two two lunar rover is on route to investigate a curious cube like anomaly that has been dubbed the mystery hut spotted on the far side of the moon word of the weird observation reportedly came about by way of the chinese national space administration's r space website in a post that says the blog recounts how scientists were admiring the horizon as seen by the rover when quote suddenly an obtrusive cube on the northern skyline attracted their attention as it pierced through the winding of the skyline like a mysterious hut that appeared out of thin air. Uh, do you remember the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey? More thoughts on this when we come back, and also, I don't mean to be a fear here, my friends, but it's true, it's true. All the psychics I know are freaking out right now. I'll explain. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages.
2: Hang in there. Josh is coming right back on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
6: My name is Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com. Over five years ago, George Norrie approached me with a unique concept, a dating site for people searching for someone with interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal. From that, ParanormalDate.com was born. It's a unique site for unique people, and it's free to join to look around. If you want to upgrade and enjoy more of our great features, use promo code George for a great discount. So check it out. You got nothing to lose. ParanormalDate.com.
7: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: And we're back with Strange Things and Joshua P. Warren.
3: Back to the final segment Of this edition of Strange Things On the iHeartRadio And Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network I'm your host Joshua P. Warren And it's definitely bizarre To think there is A dark side of the moon What that means is There is a hemisphere Of the moon That is always facing away from Earth due to a phenomenon known as tidal locking. Now, look, I know that you're probably, if you've never watched the animation of that, it's not going to make much sense. And I'm not going to even try to explain this on a podcast. But it is amazing to think there's a whole side of the moon we just never get to see from our Earth-bound earth bound Telescopes. We just have to take the word (laughs) uh, from these governments that go up there and look around. And now we have this story. Uh, Again, this is coast to coast AM. Yeah, there is, according to the Chinese, some kind of a big cube shaped object. On the surface of the moon and in the movie 2001, a space odyssey by Stanley Kubrick of, you know, there is this obelisk that's discovered on the moon and it somehow holds the key to us comprehending that we are not alone, that there are other intelligent forces in the universe. The article goes on to say, uh, let's see, the, the report went on to note that there was a sizable impact crater near the object and uh, then fantastically wondered if the oddity is, quote, a home built by aliens after crash landing or, quote, a pioneer spacecraft of the predecessors to explore the moon, end quote. A less imaginative explanation put forward by scientists is that the anomaly is merely a boulder that came to rest upon the surface of the moon by whatever created the crater next to it. But that as it, uh, it says be that as it may, the team behind the rover are understandably intrigued by the peculiar observation, and in an admirable display of scientific inquiry, have now directed the craft to head. Towards the mystery hut. Um, this is. Especially interesting to me. Because. You've heard me talk before. About the fact that I worked for years. As uh, an apprentice. To a NASA Hall of Fame scientist. Named Charles Yost. And he was always amazed. By this piece of footage. That appears to show something like a smokestack. Some kind of a rectangular looking object jutting from the surface of the moon and uh, a piece of nasa footage and if you've never seen this go to Warren dot com and click the link there in the menu to the gallery of the strange and you'll see a heading there that says a smokestack on the moon and when you click that you can see this footage and, and you get some more thoughts on that. In fact I was on a program that aired on the sci-fi channel. I think it was two hours back in 2015, I think. Let's see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 2015. Call Aliens on the Moon. Aliens on the Moon. I have Amazon Prime. And so if you go to Amazon Prime right now, you can watch this. Okay, it says it's a 90-minute documentary. You can watch this for free uh, in some locations. And uh, anyway, Aliens on the Moon, the Truth Exposed. And that mystery is addressed as well as as many others. And, you know, I was talking on a recent show about self-fulfilling prophecies. You have to be very careful because... If you tell people that something bad is is about to happen, then they might make decisions that create that bad outcome. So I avoid fear mongering and doom and gloom stuff as much as I can. But look, the reality is we, we're all living in the same world right now. And this is I'm recording this in early December of 2021. And. Uh, the world is pretty messed up still. I mean, it's, I think any historian would be like, yep, this is a pretty messed up period for human history. And when you try to look at the future and figure out what's going to happen, uh, often it seems cloudy. It seems unclear. Even Yoda, I remember, would say once in a while, like, hmm, he, 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 he wasn't certain what was going to happen. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, I know a lot of people all around the world who call themselves psychics. And not all of them, but almost all of them have been contacting me and telling me that they're freaking out. That something big is about to happen. And I, I don't want to make any claims about whether it's something good or something bad. It's just something big and kind of shocking. And there's a, there's a tremor. I mean, yes, a lot of them are saying it's going to be bad, but that could be a relative situation. I mean, everything is kind of relative. So let's say that the Chinese have discovered on the moon. Sure enough, there's proof that they're going to reveal that, uh, of other intelligence h- is out there, which that to me, that's like a duh thing. That's that would not be surprising to me at all. Um, but what if like Kreskin was saying, it's true. Like if that's revealed, People will flip out. They will panic and they will start doing a bunch of crazy stuff because they panic. I don't know. I figure I, I need to toss it out there, though. So there you go. I've done it. Uh, OK, before we end the show, how about a more positive story? This is a story from Fox News. And by the way, I watch Fox and CNN and ABC. All, nowadays, the media is so biased. Everybody assumes uh, they know what your political beliefs are because of what news sources you look at. And I look at all of it. Here's a story. What's the uh, OK? Here's the headline. What's the story with eggnog? Where it came from and how it's served. Eggnog has been a popular Christmas drink so long, even George Washington had a recipe for it. See, nice holiday story. There's no denying that the month of December is peak eggnog time. The sweet and spicy beverage has been a holiday staple for hundreds of years, but not everyone knows what it's, uh, knows what it's made of. I guess there's a typo here, uh, where it comes from or why we drink it. Uh, Anyway, so they go on to say eggnog, which is actually a drinkable form of custard, originated in medieval Britain, where locals created a hot, creamy, ale-like drink. The name eggnog is a combination of noggin, which is a wooden cup, and grog, a strong beer. And one of the experts here says that early Colonists traveling to America helped the drink become popular during the holidays as locally farmed eggs and milk, in addition to locally made rum and whiskey, was readily available. So, anyway, they give all kinds of different tips on how you can enjoy eggnog. You know, here's the thing about uh, my personal opinion. I Eggnog is one of those things that's like, yeah, I can handle it at, at Christmas time wouldn't want to drink it every day I'm not a huge fan of it but yeah okay i I can do it it says uh if homemade eggnog isn't something that sounds appealing to you there are countless dairy and egg manufacturers who have packaged their tried and true recipes all right blah 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 so anyway yeah do you like uh um, do you like eggnog year round <laughs> yeah once a year we can handle it all right, my friends. Well, I hope that everything turns out well for you as uh, our year is winding down. Um, keep a positive mindset and take a deep breath. That's what you have to do sometimes, you know. You can't let the world determine how you feel. You have to brainwash yourself. And that's why I like to play the good fortune tone for you as often as I can. It's a vibration that will help you out. If you can close your eyes, relax, and let's see if we can make your next week. Fantastic. Here is the good fortune tone.